contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Your voice sounds weird. Your face looks weird. True. Today on The Lab Report, Dr. Lindsay Matthews. CEO and founder of BirthFit. What is that? Hang on to your seats. We're about to find out. Cool. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. You don't have a weird face. No? No. I think I do. I think You don't. Okay. Why? Does my voice really sound weird? It did at that moment, yeah. Oh. Hello! What the heck? That was so loud I had to jump back from the microphone. I got scared. I think that bit me. Hi, Michael that Chapman. Holy on fire, cow. Patty Devers, how you doing? I'm startled now. Sorry. I'm, I'm feeling good though. How are you? I'm great. Cool. I'm doing well. I'm excited for this episode. Uh, Looks that way. Yeah, you know, it's, here's the funny thing, right? Go ahead. Uh, and th- by the way, this is a podcast. It's called uh-huh. The Lab Report. It's That's brought right. to you by Genova Diagnostics, where we talk about uh, things like precision medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative mm-hmm. therapeutics, things like that. That's right. And if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're returning, we're so grateful for all of your support. Oh, yeah. And we love hearing from you. Maybe go to iTunes or Spotify, maybe rate, review, subscribe, share with sure. your friends, download, all that stuff. Yep. Listener lines are always open if you have a question. Wait, and- we have what? listener line? Don't we? No. Oh, what is, why is this phone ringing all the time <laughs> over here? Are those meetings? I was wondering. That's right. Okay. Um, regardless, and if you have additional feedback, you can send it to podcast at gdx.net. Okay, and well, what's funny? What were you going to say that was well, funny? <laughs> I guess it's it's not like ha-ha funny. All it's right. one of those like uh, meet the Fockers, like awkward humor funny. Got it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's essentially what happens when we're having a conversation about birthing and I'm sitting here because I'm like... Yeah. Well, fun fact, you're, I, you're a man right. and unable to give birth. And additionally, I'm a female who's never given birth. So I yeah. think we're kind of on equal Experts. playing ground here. Experts in the field. Yeah. <laughs> Who better to talk to we you about birth? We speak for fit. the people when it comes to knowing about what, in, what birthing entails. Well, the good news is that when we want to talk about the birthing process and, and what the toll it takes on your body and how you can optimize your health, both with nutrition and movement in both pre and postnatal care, we've got the expert. That's true. Yeah. And, and I guess the point, I, honestly, I was trying to make was like, I'm humbled. Yeah. I feel oh, right. humbled because it's like, I've witnessed this whole birthing process twice. Mm-hmm. And both times I was like, yeah, I'd, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got like, nothing. I got, I, I really, I wish right. I could help. I'm doing as much help as I possibly can. And even that is, it pales in comparison to what's happening right, right here. Right, And it's quite frightening. On a prior episode, one of our guests made the point about how childbirth is I'm the biggest I'm seeing my life flash before my eyes, <laughs> watching your life flash before your eyes. But it is. It's kind of the biggest physical performance a woman will, will go through in her life. So to prepare for that, both in nutrition and mindset and exercise, makes perfect sense. Okay, so that's awesome because no one really wants to hear us talk about it. So no. who did we bring on to actually talk from an educational perspective about this? <laughs> Dr. Lindsay Matthews. She's a chiropractor who kind of founded this company called Birth Fit to help women through this entire motherhood transition. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to talk to her. I mean, it, I'm always in favor of supporting women through this humongous transition that involves 
pregnancy, uh, labor, birth, and you know that entire process. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and and I can attest to that, knowing that Michael really has his finger on the pulse of what women need and how they feel, and right. with your witchy ways and <laughs> yeah. wiles, you seem to always know what women need and anticipate what they sure, might yeah. need. I think I mentioned that, so I'm going to go ahead and not say anything <laughs> for the rest of the episode. Actually, I, I think I'm just going to head no. out. No, come on, I told you your face wasn't weird. <laughs> Yeah, no, in the similar way that I contributed basically nothing to uh, my wife giving birth to our two kids, I'm going to just go ahead and <laughs> dial the phone number to our guest because that's how much I'm going to be able to contribute. Do right that. Now. Uh, Patty. Yeah. Did you know I did. that we have Dr. Lindsay Matthews? Okay. I know. So Dr. Lindsay Matthews is the CEO and founder of BirthFit, a program for safe and effective strength and conditioning throughout the motherhood transition. Dr. Matthews holds a bachelor's degree in biology from Texas A&M and a doctorate of chiropractic from Southern California University of Health Sciences. She not only continues to practice chiropractic medicine, but she's also a certified birth doula, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, a strength and conditioning coach, yoga instructor, and mercy practitioner. Yo. So with that, welcome to the show, Dr. Matthews. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you all so much for having me. I look forward to our conversation yeah. as we get into some things. Yeah. And as, yeah. as clinicians and doctors, we all have our different paths to medicine. What made you choose chiropractic medicine? Oh, okay. So I'll try to give the short, sweet story, but um, yeah, I was studying pre-med at Texas A&M University and um, I went on a medical mission trip to Tanzania, Africa. Mm. And long story short there, I realized that um, I was not going to save the world by prescribing medication. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I took a, it was like divine intervention, hard pivot. Uh -huh. And um, I came home and told my parents that I had to find a new career path. And they told me I better figure it out <laughs> because I was on my own. Right. Um, and, you know, I synced back up with a chiropractor that I was introduced to as a junior in high school by an orthopedic surgeon. So I had blown my knee out whenever I was a junior in high school. And my orthopedic surgeon at that time told me to get in shape for surgery. And I think he was ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. He basically told me, you know, we're going to reconstruct your knee. Um, we need you to be doing prehab basically, you know, for a month before we go in. And so he told me, go check out things like chiropractic, go find an acupuncturist, wow. go find yeah. um, whatever you believe in, mm -hmm. like do it. And um, that's when I first met the chiropractor that I went back and shadowed. And for me, it just made sense to connect with people and con like connect with the world and um, through my hands and to like, that was my big connection piece because whenever I was in Africa, I was like, I, I, I don't, what am I not like, I can't yeah. do anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like all yeah. I'm doing is prescribing medication. Mm -hmm. And then when we leave, People are going to run out and they're not going to have any tools that we left them. Wow. And so that just was like light bulbs going off for me. So it's profound. Yeah. That's profound. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar story. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny yeah? how we all kind of get there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for me, it was sort of working in the pharmaceutical industry and also studying for the MCAT, pre-med, all that sort of stuff. Oh. I was like, mm. <laughs> anyway, and then having to convince the parents is a whole side story. So, um, but we know you as the founder of BirthFit, uh, which is a movement which helps patients through motherhood transition. Where did this idea come from? 
Oh, yeah. So after chiropractic school, I was still very much in the sports rehab world. And I had taken a job working. It was like a concierge type of chiropractic service where we worked on um, like some of the best athletes in the world. We worked with Olympic athletes, professional athletes. We worked on set with um, stunt groups and movies. And so I was still very much kind of like getting my fix there for athletics and working in the sports world. And um, it was me and about three male chiropractors. And by default, I started getting majority of the women patients, you know, whenever they would have things going on with their menstrual cycle or things that the gentleman did not feel comfortable with. (laughs) And, you know, me, I was, you know, young 20 something And um, I was like, well, I don't really know these things either. Like I got the same schooling y'all got. Mm -hmm. And I grew up very much uh, standard American diet, standard American everything. And um, so I was like, there, there was no information. I think that, you know, our schooling, there was nothing we had the same schooling. And so long story short, it was just out of curiosity and, um, you know, one of my one of my longtime patients told me that she was going to get pregnant and she wanted to me me to be a part of it. I was like, "Are you sure? Like, what? Like, <laughs> what, what do we got?" And um, so the only thing I had been exposed to at that time, I had started doing um, looking into Chris Cresser's Healthy Baby Code, right. mm-hmm. and that was really the only nutrition stuff that made sense to me at that point was that and the Weston A. Price stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, told her like, you got to start eating real food. You got to start adding organ meats, livers, things like that. Um, like clean it up. And, um, you know, she got pregnant sooner than later. And I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I was completely naive. And um, so was she. But um, she was an actress and at the time wanted to have a baby and then get back and, um, you know, be on set for the next season. And, um, you know, I knew like sports rehab. I knew recovery. But I did not know birth. And, um, you know, from the research I did, I um, basically came back to her and was like, you know, it seems to me that the quickest recovery will be from an unmedicated vaginal birth. So we need to find a midwife. And, you know, still at that point, I was not... I don't know where my head was, but it wasn't like I didn't equate birth to out of hospital yet. And um, so long story short, we found the only midwife that had hospital privileges in in our area. And um, she had a great uh, vaginal unmedicated birth in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that midwife since gone and retired. But um, that was the start of it. And I think if uh, we had any more sense or, um, you know, if I had looked into anything else, we probably would have been led with a little bit of fear, but, uh, neither one of us were, had any fear. We're like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> and so that was like kind of the start of my, my birth journey. And since then I was like, wow, this is, this is kind of amazing. And actually, you know, the, it was the thrill that I never like, 
being on the sidelines of sports, even some of like the greatest athletes in the world, that there was nothing that compared to being at a birth. And I was like, wow, this is my Super Bowl. This is my, you know, this is what what I want. Yeah. And to support women in finding their true internal power and what they have inside of them this whole time. And so that's when I started um, doing the doula stuff. I went into birth doula training. I did, gosh, any kind of training there was that had the words birth, postpartum, pregnancy. I did it because, you know, there was not that training in school. And, um, you know, people would ask me, what can I do to, you know, improve my DRA, diastasis rectus abdominis? And it's like, well, none of the stuff they tell you in school is accurate. You know, for me, it took a whole lot of learning outside of school. And um, we got nothing as far as like postpartum healing. We got nothing as far as like pregnancy and birth and labor and just going in the ins and outs of that. And I really like communicated and tried to like gain insight from some of my colleagues and people in other professions. They didn't get anything either. Mm -hmm. Like even... um, One of my very good friends who's a pelvic floor PT, she said she had to go on and do further schooling after physical therapy school in order to get adequate just education and experience in um, pelvic floor health. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was the start of it. And, you know, my my initial thought was I was going to keep everything separate, chiropractic separate, birth doula separate. Um, training separate and it just no it it all fell together like all together under one umbrella and that was the birth fit umbrella and it started as a blog and people enjoyed it and you know it kind of caught fire from there and it's grown into this amazing community throughout the country with you've trained many people in how to how to train <laughs> others to do this but yeah. when you're when you're talking about birth fit to someone and you're talking to them about, you know, having a birthing dream team, like doulas and midwives and trainers. Mm-hmm. What, how do you explain that to them, that it could possibly take a village? Cool. Yeah. So when I start with people, I usually start with asking them, hey, how do you visualize your birth? Or if they have like such a roadblock, it's like, how do you want to feel at your birth? And what are some of the words that come up? And sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, I want it to feel fun. I want it to, I want to feel empowered. I want to feel sexy, strong, you know, all these things. And there's no right or wrong answer. And um, so then I start getting into, well, what are some things that allow you to cultivate that feeling in your body to um, really enhance that feeling? Maybe it's, I want to feel safe. So who, like, is there, does your husband, partner, boyfriend, do they allow you to feel safe? Like when they're there, is there something they're doing? Or is there some kind of music that enhances the fun, playful aspect of it? Or, um, you know, what kind of smells cultivate an organic, more natural experience? And so I start there and, um, you know, there, then I start to describe, okay, you know, when you are thinking about your birth experience, there's one person that acts as the quarterback of the team. And I use sports analogies because I grew up with 
like playing sports around sports. Not that I'm a phenomenal athlete or anything, but it just makes sense to me. And um, (laughs) so (laughs) I say the quarterback of the team or the captain of the team, or if you love baseball, it's usually like the catcher, somebody that makes all the decisions. And, um, you know, that person is your healthcare provider and they're going to influence every play of the game, whether you realize it or not whether you're they're in the same room with you or not. And so if you're visualizing your birth and, you know, it's a unmedicated experience and the lights are down low, then, you know, you may want to think twice about being with um, the OB-GYN that has the highest C-section rate in your area. And, you know, or if you really freak out and you love a hospital, then maybe a midwife is not the answer for you. And so we start there by just seeing what comes up when we do some visualization activities and um, then building the team from there. And yes, the quarterback, the playmaker, that person that influences everything. And then I say, you know, you and you and your partner, you and your husband, boyfriend, whoever that person is, took you to, to make the baby. Ideally, you're both there when the baby comes out and it's a very intimate setting. But I guarantee your husband, partner, boyfriend wants support. And that's where the doula comes in. The doula comes in to be this bridge between like the couple and the healthcare provider mm-hmm. because you know they've been to they've been to births you your significant other y'all maybe have been to one or two before and it's your kids but maybe you haven't like very few people in our society our culture have actually watched a sibling be born um and so you know i say that's that's your safety net or that's your you know ask ask any ask her anything at all times of all times of the night. And so right there, you have like three people on the team that you've got your significant other, you've got your doula, you've got your healthcare provider, and then whoever else they have on their team. And so when people start thinking, oh, wow, yeah, that is kind of a team. So you need everybody in that, that team with the same energy or with the same common goal and, um, you know, this is one reason I go off on tangents, but, um, you know, one reason why I feel like when I step into a hospital as a doula and I don't do many hospital births anymore for this reason. And um, when I step into the hospital, I do feel like we're all not on the same common goal mm-hmm. grounds. You know, I feel like when I step into a home birth or a birth center birth, me, the midwives, the apprentice, you know, the t- everybody's there with the same common goals to support and serve that woman's birth desires. You know, not my birth desires, not my protocols, not my agendas, but that that woman's birth desires. You know, and so, yeah, I, I've actually yeah. heard you speak and lecture before and Uh-oh. used an analogy once where this team is kind of helping this woman up the side of a mountain through this birth. And I, that just always struck with me. Yeah. I love that. I love the mountain analogy. Um, we throw that in our birth ed stuff and, um, the woman's got to climb this mountain, right. And the, the team can totally help her up each step. They can climb the whole way with her, but at the peak of the mountain, she's got to 
reach through and pull life from an alternate universe into this universe. And then we got to go back down the mountain. And, you know, like what I'll also say with the mountain analogy is in our society, we just tend to like push mm-hmm. people down the other side of the mountain, which is postpartum. And no, we need to integrate and ground and come just to slow back down that mountain as well, for that. sure. Yeah, the mountain analogy. I loved so it. Good. It stuck with me sure. all the time. Well, and I mean, it's exa- it's exhausting too, right? So it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it works in that. And yeah. like, you know, obviously exhausting for the mom having the baby, but for the entire team, like right. I, I think with our first birth, there was probably like eight or more people there because it was like, we were like just taking turns. Cause it was, you know, we all had to kind of like, yeah. Tapping in and tapping yeah. Exactly. Tag your, yeah. 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 I love that. I mean, for sure. Even in my doula contracts, I have, um, you know, excuse me, if this goes longer than 24 hours, like I got to tap out and yeah. I'll get you a backup if you want to back up or I'll nap and then come back. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, and you talk a lot, too, about the concept of just, you know, physical fitness and it's kind of incorporated in the name, the, the birth fit name, too. So, like, what are some of the, the maybe myths or misconceptions that you think need to be talked about when it comes to um, exercise fitness, both in pre and postnatal? Mm. Well, I think, you know, when I first started birth fit, I felt like there was a lot that, um, a lot of misconceptions, you know, and I still feel like some of those show up, but I think, you know, 10 years later, we are living in a time where, okay, people understand exercise is beneficial. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, I'm pregnant. I got a baby. I need to do the best thing for a baby. Exercise is beneficial, but where do I start? So that's kind of where I feel like we're at now. I do feel like there are still some of those old school providers, and it's both midwives and um, OB-GYNs that will say things like, don't lift more than 10 to 15 pounds. And it's like, what? Like, have you participated in my daily life? Like, do you know, do you know what my activity level was prior or you know, do you know, like your baby's going to come out weighing anywhere from seven to 10 pounds. You got that baby's going to be in a car seat at some point. You're going to have a diaper bag. You're probably going to carry groceries in the other hand at one point, but there's like all these things that you got to carry. That's going to add up way more than 15 pounds, like right away. (laughs) Postpartum. Right. Um, And then, you know, the other thing is don't get your heart rate above 140 beats per minute. And um, many, many of these like misconceptions you can trace back and it's just like somebody at one random time made, made a claim and it stuck mm-hmm. or made a recommendation and it stuck. Well, heart rate is, so, is varies for everybody and it depends on um, your sex, your activity level, your nutrition. It depends on your genetics. It depends on your sleep. Uh, any kind of stressors or, um, you know, illnesses, disease, things like that going on. And all that's going to influence heart rate. So we've um, adapted over the years. And we like to say that we utilize heart rate variability, as well as intuition. And one of the tools we use with heart rate variability is the whoop band. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some people have the whoop band, some people have aura rings, and some people have other tools, but um, 
you know, heart rate variability allows us basically to watch trends. And, um, you know, it's been really an awesome tool to give people say, hey, like, you have access to this and you can watch the trends. If you're trending down, maybe today's not a great day to do any like like hardcore aerobic capacity training. Maybe it's just a simple strength day or a little skill day. Um, You know, it's really great on the postpartum side to give permission to like slow down. Look, you're still recovering. Mm -hmm. Um, But those two are like the biggest misconceptions, the weight and the heart rate Um, there. I hear random things all the time. And, um, you know, one is that, uh, guy that you shouldn't squat below parallel. And, um, I think this, so this one still gets me because, you know, I heard this whenever I was rehabbing my ACL and I was like, what idiot? Like there are people that squat below parallel to use the bathroom in other countries. Right. Right. like this it's a functional movement like we got to be able to do it and if you watch the milestones that kiddos go through to begin to walk they hit a squat like we got it it's part of the milestone as a human being and so you know i looked it up one time this was years ago and it was like some study at the university of texas saying that uh, saying squatting below parallel puts too much stressors on the knee Um, but it's just like one study ruins things for Mm -hmm. everybody. Um, and you know, that's, you know, obviously been debunked, but, um, squatting below parallel opens up the pelvis by 20 to 30%. You might want to squat to get the baby out. Um, so those things, um, be a movement you want to (laughs) practice. You might want to (laughs) be. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing I heard at the beginning of, um, like my career specifically like birth fit career was, you know, too much fitness or too much fitness can make your pelvic floor too tight. And what I went on to discover was, um, you know, it wasn't too much fitness. It was, um, repetitive training in like one plane of motion and, um, too much fitness in one, you know, one category. Whereas, you know, if you have a very well-rounded athlete that can um, breathe and downregulate their body as well as strength train, they're going to do phenomenal during labor. But if you have somebody that's only done spinning, they're probably going to have a too tight pelvic floor. Hmm. If you only have somebody that's like only done Pilates, Mm-hmm. And sucking their belly button up and in and sucking their pelvic floor up, they're probably going to have a hard time relaxing their pelvic floor during labor. So it was like I had to like dig, dig around for that one. And um, yeah, those are some of the ones I've heard. Okay. And I've also heard like the, the latest one is that a cesarean will save your pelvic floor. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense because you spend 40 weeks with yeah. all like you're a growing baby and your, your pelvic floor is this trampoline. And it's just like the baby's growing the load right on top right. of that. <laughs> right. right. Well, as part of this, I mean, on birth, on birth fits website, or if you go through any of the birth fit programs and you touched on ju- this just a second ago, there's a lot of importance placed on posture and breath work in these patients. Can you speak to that a little bit, how you use that? in pregnancy and postnatally? Yeah. Yeah. So 
as as women, we're designed to bear the load of of this baby, of this growing baby. And, you know, for anybody that's a chiropractor or if you've studied the spine or, you know, looked at the spine in any sort of way, you realize that the spine has different sets of vertebrae. And I'll try to keep it super simple, but um, I like to think of the different sections of vertebrae as animals. And, um, you know, you have these dainty little vertebrae in our neck that are like birds and they're, they're so good at rotation. And then you have um, the vertebrae in our mid back, which I equate to more like giraffes and um, they can like slide and move in that sort of manner a little better. And then you have down at the base of our spine is um, these dense vertebrae like rhinoceros or elephants. And, um, you know, specifically in women, we have like three, I think it is that bear the load of the growing belly forward or the shifting of our center of gravity forward. And that's supposed to happen. You know, that's just this wonderful innate intelligence within us all. And then our rib cage is designed to flare and open and we're designed for the linea alba, the tissue down the middle of our abdomen to stretch and just be able to accommodate that growing belly. There's also changes, you know, in our feet. There's also changes in the angles of our hips. It's just pretty phenomenal. But um, yeah, so all those things are like designed to happen. What we try to do within BirthFit is mitigate kind of like the damage on the body, play damage control. And, um, you know, there there is tissue damage. There, like somebody once described this, and I think it was a midwife I worked with, but basically this baby is like a college student renting your house and (laughs) (laughs) they don't care where things go. They're like, it's going to be messy afterwards. It's just, you know, like they're not going to sweep up. They're not going to do anything, but you know, so we try to do damage control. Um, And if you are in the rehab phase or the prehab phase of any sort of injury or, um, retraining patterns, then you're going to train the body in a neutral posture. And so what I mean by that is we're looking for basically the most neutral posture in somebody where the rib cage is stacked on top of the pelvis. And that's going to look different for everybody. Everybody's got a different curve, different, um, we're, we're just made up differently. It's beautiful. But, um, our main goal is to train throughout pregnancy and predominantly that first year postpartum, maybe nine months, is with our rib cage stacked on top of our pelvis. So if we have our pelvis and we think of it like a bowl of water, ideally we don't dump any water out the front or we don't dump any water out the back. And then our rib cage is stacked right on top of it. And, you know, for sure during pregnancy, it's going to be, we might have a little water dump out the front of the pelvis, or we might have more of a rib flare, but for sure postpartum, we're trying to bring that rib cage down. We're trying to bring that belt buckle back up. And, um, 
you know, that's like the main focus. Life does not happen in the neutral, <laughs> neutral posture zone. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that's where rehab and prehab starts. And if we can start there, then our diaphragm and our pelvic floor can sync up together. Yes. And yes. our diaphragm and our pelvic floor work in harmony together. And um, that's what makes a strong and dynamic core is like our breath. That's the basis of, of everything core related is our breath. So that's why we do a neutral, neutral posture, but um, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's stuff you don't <laughs> think about. Well, and you know, too, like I can only speak from our experience, I guess, or my experience, but like, it, like you were saying, going down the mountain, it seemed like things escalated so quickly as far as what became our own responsibility and you know, how much assistance was there. And so to have somebody like your program, like BirthFit, to essentially provide a, an added layer of support during that, because there are, I mean, you're already getting used to the fact that like, oh, hey, there's this person that now you have, that has a social <laughs> security number and you have to take care of it. But like beyond all the responsibility aspects, like how to get your body back to something you remember it once being uh, is so important. And so I just, that, that support I think is incredible and can't be understated. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing, you know, whenever I started the blog, there's nothing out there that was like, okay, like here's your, your rehab for baby that like, I knew exactly what I was doing post knee surgery when I woke up from surgery three days, three weeks later, but all women had was show back up at six weeks and you'll be cleared for sex and exercise. Mm -hmm. They're like, what? Like, and if you think about it, like most people just go back to running, they ease back into running or they ease back into their CrossFit class now or orange theory class. And those things are dynamic. And, you know, with an ankle sprain injury, the, the ligaments need a minimum of three months to heal. So we're sending women off to ease back into running with their pelvic floor has not had adequate time to heal and recover from, you know, a labor, a birth, 40 weeks of adapting and training in this other manner. Sure. Yeah. We push them down the mountain. In right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and how do you approach uh, people differently who have had vaginal births as compared to C-section when it comes to sort of postnatal rehab? Oh, yeah. So I do tell women, like, these are two different births. And, you know, on a spectrum, everybody's going to fall somewhere on the spectrum. So on the vaginal unmedicated birth, that's probably going to require the least amount of recovery time. You know, no medication whatsoever, not even Pitocin on the postpartum side to prevent hemorrhage. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, there's going to be, you know, somebody that's had a cesarean birth, maybe emergency, maybe induction, where there was um, medication involved. And all these things are going to affect people differently. They're going to influence their recovery differently. So everybody falls somewhere on that spectrum. So I just need you as the person, you know, recovering to be aware that uh, your healing timeline and journey is going to look different from the person next to you. Um, specifically with cesarean, we've got to pay attention to the scar and make sure that like that's gaining mobility and we're able to breathe way down there. 
um, a lot of times there's trauma associated with the cesarean and the um, surgical incision because it was unwanted and people are going to prevent the breath and the energy from moving down into that area. So it is a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a recovery timeline for sure. I love it. Dr. Matthews, this information is fascinating to me and so needed in our space. There's, I mean, this is your program is just filling such an important hole that's been there. How can our listeners find BirthFit or sign up to work with you or, or reach you? Oh, yeah. So it's pretty easy now. If you just go to birthfit.com or you can find us on Instagram. But we've got prenatal programs, postpartum programs. If you're unsure what you want to do, but you want somebody to talk to, we offer consultations. Um, It's really, you know, a fabulous community. And our programs are all done online via the Train Heroic platform, which offers chat sections and we have monthly support sessions. So, you know, if if we you can't get the answer from me or my other coach, then we've got a whole group of, you know, moms chiming in for sure. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. We can't thank you enough for coming on the show, Dr. Matthews. But before I let you go, right. we do have one last question yeah. that I'm going to keep to Michael Chapman. Yeah, this question has nothing to do with anything. I hope you don't mind. It's called <laughs> a fireball question. Great. Do you random. Have, <laughs> yes, this yeah. is completely random. Do you have a favorite wild animal? Ooh, I love elephants. Oh. I've always been fascinated by elephants. And when I was in Africa, that's all I wanted to see every day. Fun fact, yeah. fun fact. That was my answer when he asked me that True. the first time. Yeah. So we're somehow cosmically connected. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Thanks, awesome. Dr. Yeah. Matthews. Thank you for having me, y'all. That was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Lists and lists of more questions. And I think every time we get a guest on, you and I just compile more and more questions and say, we got to have them on again. Yeah, and I I especially agree in this scenario. I have lots of additional questions, probably which I should not be asking because, you know, we talked about that earlier. But um, (laughs) you can ask them. But it is like sort of in my wheelhouse because I'm all about like home birth, natural childbirth, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, Dr. Matthews is your girl. Yeah, and not to mention, you know, like I said, once it's once it's over, you're like, wait, what do we do now? Next thing you know, they're gonna want food. Oh, I want a bath. You need their nails clipped. That's the things like that. Most terrifying part. Yikes! Right, o- right off the bat. Next time on the lab report, lipid ratios. It's not just about LDL, everyone. Wow, I, I cannot believe you just said that. that that's so controversial. What? Wow. wow. You've been listening to the lab report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. She picked elephant. Sure did. I picked elephant. What was your animal? I forget what you picked. I picked the snow leopard. Proper mammal. What's a proper mam- mammal? How is, well, it, for how is it different for star- than improper? Well, for starters, it has hair on its body, which I think applies to the elephant, although mm. it's dis- dispersed on. pretty strangely, which is why I would say it's not a proper mammal. Is that a word that you made up, proper mammal? I don't think so. Oh.
An elephant is a mammal, correct? Yeah. Name another mammal <laughs> that looks like an elephant. But anything what? close to it. But is it proper? Are there improper mammals? The elephant. Oh, come on. It's got a trunk. It's got <laughs> big old floppy ears. Adorbs. Why are you so jealous? And the hair is all strangely dispersed. Stop. It looks. Oh, <laughs> come on. It looks like it was designed by a five-year-old. 